But can I say, yeah, I'm ready to go Like weed seeds in the pot, yeah, I'm ready to grow And I don't care if the growth is fast or slow Grow my fan base, cause that's what really matters the most I see the top of y'all, swear I'm so close You ain't taking medication, let me give you a dose I am the realest in the end, that's not no quote Let's see who disagrees, raise your hand to vote Welcome to Feel the Heat, episode 14. Sorry we missed you guys on Friday. As you know, life comes first in podcasting, but we got some great news for you before the games take off today. Happy Saturday to everybody. Hope your weekend's going great. We also got a guest on the show for you guys. Should bring you a lot of knowledge. Should bring a lot of life to the show as well. So, as you know, I'm your host, Dave, along with my co-host, Webb. What's going on, y'all? I'm sorry if I was sick. It's because I am. Well, hope you feel better. It's that Michigan weather you got going on over there. Also, let me go ahead and introduce our guest. One of um, a very, very smart person as far as football goes and life in general. But his specialist is a defensive back specialist, DB mastermind, defensive mastermind. Played some college ball, also coached on the high school level and won a state championship. All the way from Michigan, my boy Money. What's up? Yo, yo, yo. Thanks for having me. I love Phil the Heat. So, um, as promised, you know what? We got answers for a couple of questions we got coming in today. Um, we also back up our facts with um, our takes with facts and numbers. And remember, everyone has an opinion, but not everyone backs up with the facts. And the numbers don't always tell the whole story, as Webb says. Feel free to tap in and send us questions or topics you'd like us to cover for the next episode coming on Tuesday at anchor.fm forward slash feel the heat forward slash message. Money, I just want to say again, thank you for joining us. We appreciate you taking the time. We appreciate your support. Anything you'd like to say before we get into this? Hey, thanks for having me. I listen to y'all podcasts all the time. What's up, Web? Danny, I love you guys. Let's get it. Let's talk some sports. All right, so NCAA Week 6 brings us with this news. With a number of intriguing conferences matchups highlighting the Week 6 college football schedule, there are plenty of matchups that we should be paying attention to. This season has already seen massive upsets and other close calls, so I think we are definitely in for an exciting week this weekend, exciting day today, actually. And so with that, we're going to go ahead and go with our games of the week. We'll start with money. Number seven, Auburn at number 10, Florida. Who you got? I'm going to roll with uh, I'm going to have to say Florida. You know, me being a Florida guy. Um, I like Auburn. They're both first in the SEC. One in the East, one in the West. Uh, but I'm going to have to take Florida. It's going to be a really tight battle. The numbers are very, very close um, as far as yards and first downs. But if I had to put money on it, I would take Florida to win it. And it's a very close game. If you had to put money on it, 
he'd pick Florida to win the game. Flor- Felipe Franks isn't even playing. Auburn has the best line in the SEC. They have the best pass rush in the SEC. Bo Nix. Really, as of last week to me, he really emerged. He really emerged. He really showed a little more of his colors, if you will. So this Auburn team is rolling, and I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna roll right over Florida. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna win by at least ten. So. The Gators' defense leads the SEC in sacks and interceptions, but they haven't really played any tough Power 5 teams, especially in the SEC. I mean, Miami wasn't really a matchup. Kentucky played them really well, but um, Kyle Trash came in and he closed the game for the Gators. But on the other side of the ball, you have the Tigers. They have Jartavius Whitlow, who leads the SEC in rushing touchdowns. So it's like, will the Gators be able to slow him down? I mean, I like the Gators as well. I'm picking the Gators. Um, Auburn is really good on defense too, but they don't really create pressure on the opposing quarterback. Um, they slow down the overall production, but they don't create a lot of panic. I don't think it'll be a high-scoring game. Um, they, the sporting books gave Florida two and a half points. I think if you're going to bet, a good bet is Florida. I think they'll cover that two and a half points. Um, but yeah, I, I like I like both teams, but I like Florida for the win. Yeah, I'm going to have to roll with Florida myself. Here we have it. Go ahead. Go ahead, Webb. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just throwing my last little comment in there. I'm taking Auburn, but we're going to see what happens. Let's go SEC. Battle of the All right. We got number 25, Michigan State, versus number four, Ohio State. Webb, go ahead. Man... Man, I got Michigan State by 14. Ooh. No, I I mean, in all seriousness, Ohio State has an elite secondary. They have an elite pass rush. They have an elite. I mean, can you really say Justin Fields is an elite? I mean, Ohio State's honestly, to me, low-key better than Clemson. They're... They're honestly the most complete team that I'm looking at, other than in Alabama. But Michigan State, they just they have they can't move the ball. Like that's their biggest problem. They can't move the ball. Their defense isn't as good as it was really made out to be. I mean, you've seen against the Tulane game that Michigan State had, they were let's see, per play, I think they had three yards, three yards per play, something like that. And if you're moving the ball like that against a MAC team, what do you think Ohio State, arguably the best team, a top five team in the country? I could argue it. I could argue it. I mean, they are ranked number four. Well, I mean lower than number four. Okay, well, I I personally think Ohio State's going to run away with this game early. Probably going to be 24 to 10 going into halftime. I don't think MSU is that good. They don't have anybody. Uh, I don't see them winning. They don't have a chance. I think if they can keep Justin Fields in the pocket, it gives themselves it gives themselves a better chance. 
when you look at that roster for Ohio State, they got speed. And speed all across the board. The DBs are fast. The receivers are fast. They got better players. Speed kills. Speed kills. You said it yourself. In Ohio State, they're going to run the ball, run the ball. And when MSU comes up, they're going to go right over their head. I got a good feeling it's going to be a blowout for sure. Well, as much as I, I like, believe it or not, I like Ohio State. But I'm a state fan, so I'm going down with the ship. I'm taking state at whatever the cost. But so yeah, you, I think I, I think you're going to take Auburn over Florida, of course. But then we come to MSU and Ohio State. You're going to take state being biased. That just doesn't make any sense. <sighs> if we're going based off the facts, I mean. All right, if we're going based off the facts, then yes, I'm going to take Ohio State by at least 25 points. Does that does that make you feel better? That's, yeah, that sounds a lot better. Yeah, I like that. That make, you, that make you feel better? Okay, Ohio State by 25. Okay. Because okay. money made me sell out. Okay. I'm, just, I'm just putting that out there. No, I understand. Michigan State's your team. I get it. You got to ride with the shit. I know. Dave, Dave, what do you think? Um. Well, here's the thing about Michigan State. As I as I put on Twitter um, yesterday, they beat teams that they're not supposed to, and they lose the teams that they're not supposed to. I don't think that's going to happen today, tonight. Um, Justin Fields is just going to wear out that defense of Michigan State. With that being said, Ohio State is my pick, but if you want to put money on it, Michigan State will cover their spread. The books are giving them 20 points. I think that they will not lose by more than 20 points. So if you have any money, you take it down to the sports books. You bet on Michigan State to win on the points. And there you go. You could probably double up your money with that bet. Uh, Joey Bocci still play? I believe so. He's got to put on. He's got to do something. Can't do it by himself. Let's move on. Those were our games of the week um, for SEC, Big Ten. As the season moves on and we go into um, more conference play, we'll pick more games for games of the week. But right now, those are the two biggest matchups. Um, I heard someone said that Oklahoma will be tested this week when they play Kansas. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's a joke. Not going to make that game of the week. So we'll stop right there. Jalen Hurts is going to have a field day with Kansas, I believe. If Kansas upsets them, I would be very shocked. What do you guys think? I don't think that's going to happen. Just pure and simple, I just don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that Kansas is going to beat Oklahoma just all around the board. I just don't think it'll happen. Jalen Hurts, too powerful. I don't think it'll happen either. All right, with that being said, let's go ahead and move into some NFL news. So week four, we found out some teams that are not as good as people thought they were. For example, the Cowboys have been praised for the games they played, but when they face a tough defense with the Saints, they showed that they could not prevail. Matter of fact, they didn't even put up more than 10 points. They will be up for another test this weekend when they face the Packers on Sunday. We also seen that if you have the right defensive matchup against the Patriots or the Chiefs, then you have a good chance at slowing them down and possibly beating them as the Bills put on against the Patriots and the Lions put on against the Chiefs. We also found out that D- Daniel Jones is no fluke. 
and the Giants did the right thing by drafting him over Dwayne Haskins, who will not get to start this week over the Patriots when uh, the Washington faces them. Colt McCoy, who has probably not played a meaningful snap in many weeks, I think since um, Alex Smith broke his leg last year, will get the start this week for the Redskins versus the Patriots. So here we have it at week five. And these are our picks um, for the games of the week. And we're going to start off in the AFC East, which we won't really have a game of the week. But a question came in from Alex, one of my good friends that I work with here out here in Las Vegas. Since which winless team in the AFC will get their first W this season? The Jets, Dolphins, Broncos, or the Bengals? I'm going to start with money. I'm going to have to go with the Dolphins here. And I say that because going into week six, they're terrible. Everyone knows it. But I don't see them going on 16. They got to win sometime. And why not win this weekend, right? Well, they're on a bye this week, but I, they they come back next week. Um, and I'm not I'm not sure who their matchup is next week, but I, I think it could be a matchup that they get. I'd have to look and double check. But that's your pick, the Dolphins. They'll get their first win between those four teams. I think they'll win this weekend, meaning they got the bye. They're not going to lose this weekend. Broncos, Jets, Bengals, somebody has to lose. So that's a win for them. And then when they come back in all energized, they'll get another win, uh, I believe. Therefore, you know, ultimately this weekend will be a win for them. Come back against Washington in week six. Yeah. Okay. In Miami, one o'clock. And I think they'll do good. Energize, nice. And then they'll go play with Bills and see what happens. Another conference game. They win. They'll be sitting pretty. I mean, pretty nasty in the conference, but two and five is better than zero and seven. So that's all I'm saying. So the Jets, the Broncos, nor the Bengals will win this week, is what you're saying. Uh, Jets, Broncos, Bengals. Somebody has to lose. You know, I, I say two of those teams get a loss and maybe the Broncos get the W. All right, well, let's hear Well, I for one disagree with you. I'm going to I'm gonna say the Jets are definitely going to get the first win. Well, honestly, honestly, it depends. It depends when Sam Darnold comes back. Because if Sam, if Sam Darnold comes back in the next two weeks, I think the Jets will get the first win because Sam Darnold really is the facilitator, the playmaker, the the field general that makes everything go in the offense. And the Jets have shown they can win games with Sam with Sam Darnold, and they've obviously shown they can they can lose games without him. So I think he's a vital piece of their offense. Second, if not the Jets, I think the Broncos. Although Joe Flacco is your quarterback. I still think the Broncos have more talent than, say, the Dolphins or even the Bengals. I mean, John Ross is on the IR. Sam Darnold, I mean, not Sam Darnold, uh, Andy Dalton's not playing that well right now. So I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be the Jets, depending on uh, 
when Sam Darnold comes back. If he doesn't come back in the next two weeks, I think it'll be the Broncos. Now, that Eagles football, they're pretty good. They got a good defense over there. Uh, I don't know how good the Jets are on offense this year, but that Eagles defense has been steady. And I'm only saying that because I'm sort of kind of assuming that none of them may win. (laughs) They all might lose. That could be a possibility. Uh, it's it's a far shot, but maybe I'm going Jets or Broncos. That's my pick. All right, so this is what I think. Um, the Jets have one of the toughest schedules coming down these next couple of weeks, like three, four weeks. So if they don't get a win this weekend, I don't think they will get a win until they play the Dolphins, which is in November the 3rd. Um... I'm not sure that the Dolphins can beat the Redskins next week, but it will be a favorable matchup for them. I, I don't think the Redskins have no way in hell are going to beat the Patriots, so they're obviously going to be 0-5 going into week six, and I think that's where the Dolphins have the best chance to go ahead and take a W. And I say this, if the Bengals do not beat the Cardinals tomorrow, which is likely they could lose because I believe that um, Patrick Patterson – Let's not that, the Cardinals are on six also. Yes, they are. But they're in the NFC, correct? Right. There's okay. six total teams in the NFL, four in the AFC. Okay. So, if the Bengals don't win tomorrow, which is what I was saying, then they won't win until they play the Raiders or the Jets or maybe late November, early December. Especially now that John Ross is on injury reserve. We're not sure when A.J. Green's coming back. These are things to consider, especially when you look at their schedules and um, the teams that they will be playing. So, Alex, I hope that answers your questions. Money picked the Dolphins. Uh, Kyle had multiple picks. It depends on who really wants it. And I think... I said the Jets... Depending on if Sam Darnold comes back in the next two weeks or not. If not, then I'm going with the Broncos. The Broncos will beat the Chargers. The Bengals are going to lose to Arizona. The Dolphins are going to get the bye, come back and beat the Washington Redskins. Then they're going to beat the Bills. And, you know, ultimately, the Jets don't even matter. They're going to get ran. They're going to get ran over. Philly's going to run right over. All right, but like Money said, he had a good point. The team that gets the biggest W this weekend will be the Dolphins as they are off and probably having a great time right now in South Beach. Let's go ahead and move forward. In the AFC West, our game of the week is the Chiefs versus the Colts. And I don't know, I'm not sure if this needs to be addressed, but I guess I'm going to go ahead with the Chiefs for the easy dub. Um... Uh, I I want to pick the Colts just because I want to say something different. I really do. But just for this game, I'm going to say just because they got the best offense. I mean, Jacoby Brissett, he's not a scrub. He's shown the ability to score, get the ball downfield, move the chains. But the Colts ain't got no DBs. They got no secondary I think Malik Hook. I don't even know if Malik Hooker's playing, to be honest. And if he is, he's probably playing hurt. So, the Chiefs. 
I'm gonna have to go with the Chiefs. I like the Colts a lot, but the MVP is the MVP for a reason. I think he'll throw for over 300 yards. Uh, yeah, and that'll be it. All right, in the AFC North, we have a divisional matchup with the Ravens versus Steelers. Money, who you got? I'm gonna go uh, Ravens here. Steelers don't have enough. Defense is not really that good this year. Um, I think Ravens will get him. Lamar Jackson's going to come out <coughs> chart. They got a good backfield. Um, Mark Ingram is going to be powerful. And I think the Ravens will go in and get the W on the road. You said the Ravens were playing who? The Steelers. I'm going to go with the Steelers because last week, Jalen Samuels and James Conner running the Wildcat seemed to have some success. Nick Chubb was running all over the uh, the Ravens. I'm gonna pick the Steelers. All right, there you have it. I got the Ravens as well. The Steelers are really struggling to get the ball in the air and make big plays, even with the addition of the Wildcat offense with James Washington and John, um, uh, Conner. Sorry. Drew a mind blank. But we've also seen all season what Lamar Jackson can do, even when he's having a quote-unquote bad game. Uh, his dual threat ability will put a lot of pressure on the Steelers' D, which Money mentioned is not that great this year because they're having to play so much time on the field because the offense can't stay on the field long enough. Their, their win last week, uh, wasn't it over Cincinnati? Wasn't it? Last week? Yeah. They played... Uh... Sorry, I'm not aware. I believe they played Cincinnati Bengals, so their win was not impressive to me. Go, we're gonna go ahead and move on. AFC South, Texans versus the Falcons. Web, who you got? I got the Falcons. I mean, the Texans. They didn't. Uh, I didn't like their game last week, so I wanted to pick them, but can't. I can't do it. I'm going to go Texans here. I, I can't go against the Texans. Look, the AFC is tough. Baltimore is number one in offense. We all know that. They got they got over 450 yards total, right? But the Texans, on the other hand, they're not they're not a pushover either. They're very good. The Falcons, uh, they got a really good passing uh, offense, over 300 yards a game. But... Honestly, I think the Texans have a really good defense. Uh, J.J. Watt, all those guys are going to come out playing well, and I think they'll get the uh, road victory. We'll see. All right, I'm going with the Falcons, but go ahead, <laughs> Webb. Go ahead with your last take real quick. No, I was just going to tell them we'll see. That's the best thing about sports because we really will see. Absolutely. Time will tell. In the NFC East, the Cowboys will face another test, as I have said, with the Green Bay against the Green Bay Packers. I'm going to go ahead and pick Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Uh, what about you, Money? This one was tough for me because uh, Aaron Rodgers and uh, the Green Bay Packers have 188 yards per game passing. And on the other hand, you got Dallas Cowboys, who are third behind only Baltimore. In Kansas City at 425. 
that's total yards per game. Uh, it's going to be a really good matchup. I think that uh, that that stadium over there, Green Bay being one of the oldest uh, NFLs and or I'm sorry, one of the oldest organizations in the NFL. I think that stadium is going to be rocking, and Green Bay is going to come out with the W, and uh, Cowboys go down. See, here's the thing. <clears throat> I'm going to take the Cowboys simply because Devontae Adams' health is a question mark to me. I mean, I don't think he's... Did you, I think, did, did, you, did you hear what I said about the passing yards though, per game? Yes, I did. But however, Devontae Adams got hurt last week. So that may affect this week. They got to worry about the other guy over there. And honestly, Valdez, Valdez Scantling's their number one receiver. Mm. All right, well, let me, I'll come back to that in a second. I'll come back to that in a second. Secondly, what I wanted to say is, unless the, unless Green Bay can stop Zeke, they can't stop Dallas. And I don't think they can stop Zeke. I think they can contain him, but I don't think they can stop him. But Valdez Scantling, he's he's shown he's shown some talent, he's shown some skill, he's had a lot of targets. But I don't really know that much about him, to be honest. I'm not crazy informed on him. But what the things I have seen, I've seen some talent and I've seen some flashes of skill, and I need to see more to really make. He has one touchdown this okay. year. He's uh, arguably the second best receiver on the team behind Devontae Adams. But like you said, Devontae, he got hurt last week. He gets all the pressure every week. The best corners want to guard him every week. So he, he hasn't scored all year. But he is leading them in yards per game. And he does have almost 400 yards receiving. So he is the number one receiver in terms of who gets the most targets. But Valdez Scantling can go deep. He averages 14 yards per reception, and he has one touchdown, like I said. And Aaron Rodgers, we all know what he can do. So, yeah. Far, far as the defense, I really believe that young defense in Green Bay is uh, is rocking. They're really rocking. Man. They're actually top ten in the league right now. They're number nine in defense. Complete list. So, they're really good. I got respect for Ezekiel Elliott. I really do. And I and I love uh, um, Dak. I mean, he's a lot of people's fantasy quarterback. And he's really good. But ultimately, in Green Bay, on the road, I think Dallas goes down. Just off the lack of maybe uh, experience. Yeah, let's All right. let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. We're running out of time. So, um, the NFC West, our game of the week was the Rams versus Seahawks. I'll give a quick recap, and then we'll go ahead and move forward to the NFC North. So, Seattle actually just played better ball than the Rams. They were more balanced in the rushing and passing attack. Russell Wilson, so far, is having a career year. He has career highs in all categories across the board. Seattle has all has always had a tough defense. That, that's what we've known them for for many years now. 
um, behind Pete Carroll's mastermind of of coaching. And so they force golf into making difficult passes, but golf has to play like a $130 million quarterback. They need better play calling. They cannot depend on the play action to open up the playbook for them when they have not established the run with Malcolm Brown or their number one back, Todd Gurley. So Rams have some soul searching to do because they are not the team that everyone was scared of, especially with all those defensive pieces that they have on the other side of the ball. We're going to move forward because we're running out of time. We don't want to keep you guys on here too long today. So in the NFC North, game of the week is the Vikings versus the Giants. Money, who do you have? I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Vikings, and I'll tell you why. Um, they run the ball really good. They're third in the NFL, but on the downside, they suck uh, through the air. I'm sorry, and uh, I think ultimately it comes down to rushing. They'll run the ball really good, and I think they'll come away with the dub on the road. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that although Kirk Cousins has been bad, Dalvin Cook is more than sufficient to me, plus their monstrous defense uh, to beat the Giants. I mean, the best thing they got going for them right now is Daniel Jones because Saquon Barkley isn't playing. So I'm going to go with the Vikings. Good choice. I got the Vikings as well. In the NFC South, we have the Saints versus the Bucks. And I'll tell you this, the Bucks are hot right now, and I can't take that away from them. It seems like any week they could pick if they want to feed Mike Evans or, or Chris Godwin. I like what they're doing in Tampa. But somehow, someway, I'm going to have to see the Saints find a W somewhere this week. Webb, I'll start with you. What do you think? Like you said before, the Bucks are hot right now. Jameis Winston is finding success in getting the ball to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, wherever they may be. And with a Drew Brees Saints team, they're vulnerable. So I'm going to take the Bucks right now. I'm going to step out on a limb and see what happens. What about you, Money? I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Saints. I can't go away from the Saints. They have a really good team. Drew Brees is a really good, uh, for lack of better words, I'm gonna say role model and leader. Um, and I think Teddy Bridgewater is gonna come out. By the way, did you guys see how he played last week? I gotta give it to him. He handled his business. And Alvin Kamara running the ball. He's, he's, he's pretty good, and I think the Saints are going to come away with the win on the road versus the Bucks. And that wraps us up for NFL News, NFL Breakdown this week. Catch us on Tuesday for recaps and any other breaking news from that time. Moving forward to the NBA, um, James Harden dropped 37 points in the Rockets preseason game against the Clippers. DJ Esco, which is a really cool guy I met out here who has his own radio station, he wants to know uh, why does James Harden receive so much hate? Does anybody, any one of you, doesn't matter who wants to go first, have an answer? Go ahead. Say that one more time. He wants to know why does James Harden receive so much hate? Oh, because 
when when it comes the main narratives against James Harden is when the pressure is on and they and James Harden needs to score, he's a no show. He's a no show. Uh or he travels. Which I really which he really does. On a lot of the, on a lot of the plays that I see him do that people tell me that it's not a travel. It's a travel. Um but my main knock against James Harden is when the pressure's on, he can't produce. More specifically in the playoffs against the Warriors. I like that. I like that. And I'll I'll back that up by saying that uh James Harden is the MVP of this league. He's played great in the regular season. Last year, we know what he did. Um, I'm not going to deny what he did last year. But I, I I like what you said. I think that James Harden will not get it done, has not gotten it done in the past. And if he does get it done this year, well, we got to give the credit to somebody else. And that will be Russell Westbrook, the three-time back-to-back-to-back uh, triple-double master and for that reason right there I can't I can't see why people wouldn't hate James Harden plus he travels so I'm gonna go traveling and Russell Westbrook yeah I think those are good um, solid answers so I won't reiterate those answers but I will add on to that and say that I also believe that he is similar to I mean he's not really early in his career I mean he might be in like his 10th or 11th season as a professional. But where he's at right now is like where LeBron was, where from that, that like 05 to 2009 mark where everybody would say, oh, he does all this stuff during the season, but, you know, um, during during the postseason, he doesn't show up. He doesn't have the clutch gene. Yeah, he could put up 30, 40, 50 points in the regular season. And I think that's why people give James Harden so much hate for the same reason they did LeBron. Of course, him and LeBron are different players, uh, different caliber players, but that just comes to mind when I think about why he receives hate. Because the man is bad. Like, if the man was on your favorite team, you'd be rooting for him. But he just doesn't oh, have yeah. it. Let's let, let's, yeah, let's not make a mistake. Harden's the only player in the NBA to total 8,400 yards, 2,000 assists, and 1,600 rebounds in the last four years. So... I mean, LeBron is about the only one that can ever, you know, that can say anything right now, number-wise. But James Harden, let's not get it twisted. He's been that man for a long time now. Just not in the playoffs when it matters. That's right. That's right. So, here's some breaking news. I don't know if you guys have heard or not, but Adam Silver says that the NBA may open a league in India in five years. And I'm thinking... Uh, I don't know if I really get it, but then somewhat, I guess I get it. It's about sports globalization and expanding territory, um, expanding chances in developmental leagues. But like, why India? Like, what is what is what is in India that you know we're not thinking that we haven't researched? And I could I think it's also somewhat of a money thing. The biggest sport in India right now is cricket. So the NBA is the first professional league to have a game in India, which the um, Pacers and the Kings played in the night before last. And it's more of a territory that plenty of young people have an interest in the sport of basketball and could create opportunities there for those athletes. So I think that's a reason why. Any of you guys got any other reason why they want to expand in India out of all places? 
maybe you could say it's marketable. I mean, if you see how quickly and how fast basketball blew up in China, for example, uh, maybe they've seen it's marketable in India. I don't know. I don't know all the numbers and details. They probably know something we don't. Look, I don't even know where India is. I, I want to say Asia, but if you would have asked me four or five years ago, I might say Africa or something. I don't know. But I guess LeBron James and his son, Bronny James, traveling, putting on for the NBA, being the face of the NBA. I think they expanded across the globe, and I think it's good for marketing, like Webb said. And I think the NBA do well over there. Maybe we find some new talent. That's what's up. That's what's up. So let's go ahead and move forward. Lakers versus the Warriors air tonight, I believe, 8 p.m. Eastern time on TNT. What will be the keys to victory for each team? I'm going to start with money. Well, I think Golden State is very talented. Um, they they really need to focus on the offensive side. And I say that to say this because when you name your best players on your team, specifically it's for their defense. And right now, L.A. has a really good defense. Um, A.D., LeBron James, Danny Green, all those guys. And you add on Kyle Kuzma, Rondo, who's got the attitude. And you got Quinn Cook coming off the bench with JaVel McGee and Dwight Howard. I think they got a really good offense, very powerful, and they're strong on defense. So that's going to elevate them to push Golden State really strong. So Golden State, for me, they're going to need to play really, really well on offense just to stay in the game and then get back on defense. Well, for me, I'd, I'd like to see the game go something like this. I'd like to see L.A. work the ball inside, have a – a patient but up-tempo offense, keep Golden State in front of them. And honestly, Golden State, and I, I got to see who's playing. Is is LeBron playing or no? I believe everybody's playing. I know it's a preseason game, so it'll be like limited minutes. But being that it's on TNT and it's, it's being treated like a primetime game, which none of the other games have been treated like that, so far, the preseason. This game is treated like a primetime game in the regular season. I believe that we're going to get, you know, uh, plenty of minutes from both stars or all stars on both sides of the teams. Um, so, I guess we'll just have to see tonight at 8 o'clock. Yeah. But I just want to yeah. see uh, LA work the ball inside the AD. LeBron facilitate do his thing, keep Golden staying in front of him. And I think they'll be all right. I mean, they do have kind of a a team, a team that's kind of just gathered together, sorta, kinda. So I want, I'm curious to see how their chemistry looks, just even in a preseason game. That's fair enough. So I'm not sure if you guys have been watching any of the MLB games, but the um, world, the race to the World Series is underway, and here are my picks um, according to matchups. I'm going to take the Cardinals in four. It's the best of five series. I'm going to take the Astros. Um, I'm not sure if that series got tied up. No. 
I'm going to take the Astros in three. I think they'll make a sweep. The Yankees versus the Twins. I'm going to take the Yankees in four. Yankees were, they were terrific last night. They were phenomenal. I think they won like 10 to four, something like that. And the Dodgers versus the Nationals. Oh, man. I'm going to take the Dodgers in four. So the games are like underway. Um, there's a couple games I believe on today this weekend, and that's just for our people who follow baseball who ask for us to cover baseball. So if you got any questions about it? Just um, send them all in, and I'll wrap it up and say this: the Connecticut Suns and the Washington Mystics are tied up one game apiece in a five-game series. Game three is on Sunday. Um, Elena Deladon is in question for a game with a herniated disc in her back. So, that's that said, if she's not playing, I don't think the Washington Mystics will win the series. Herniated disc? That means she's out. <laughs> exactly. The team is playing it as if it's something that, you know, could be worked out and she's a game-time decision, but yeah, she should, she should be done before she further injures herself worse. Right. So, I'm going to give the floor to Money so we can wrap up. He'll give you his last thoughts on today. Webb, you'll go after that. I'll close this out, and we will catch you on Tuesday. Enjoy Saturday football. Got some games kicking off at noon on East Coast time, and uh, we'll see you back on Tuesday. Go ahead, Money. All you listeners out there, thank you for having us. Thank you for having me, Day, host, Kyle Webb. Okay. Um, Day, I just wanted to clear something up that I heard you say earlier that I just wanted to hold till the end. You said that uh, New York did a better job. Uh, it was a good thing that they drafted Daniel Jones over Dwayne Haskins. Is that right? Yes. I stand I by want, it. I just want to be the first one to say uh, that is not fair. It's not fair how Dwayne Haskins got did uh, last week. He got put in the game with no reps with the first unit. And no, I agree with that. I, I said that um, last week when I was talking with my dad. I said, you know what? It's not fair how they did him because, he, you know, Daniel Jones had a whole week to practice with the, you know, the, 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 um, everyone who's on the depth chart for number one position starting lineup. So right. I agree with him, but I still think that, Daniel Jones may be the better quarterback. That's just my opinion. And remember how you said uh, last week you asked, could could a quarterback win throwing 64 passes a game? Yes. And it's, I mean, I could, I know the argument you're going to say for this, but I'm just going to say it anyway. Uh, if there was a quarterback that could win throwing 64 passes a game, I think based on what I've seen Dwayne Haskins be able to do, it would be him. I mean, as we see, it's becoming a dual threat league for quarterbacks, but you it's, it's still more true now than almost ever. You have to be accurate when throwing the football. And I think once Dwayne Haskins gets his mental shifted over from college football to pro football, I think that the accuracy in his arm will show. Gotta have that next man up attitude. Dwayne Haskins was the next man up. He didn't get it done, simply put. So why not get the blame? I mean, you are a quarterback. 
you're the backup quarterback for a reason. You're supposed to be ready when your number gets called. So, Dwayne Haskins, I'm sorry, my brother, but you get the blame here. Uh, You got to get better. Move on. Keep progressing. But that's all I wanted to say. I'm just saying he's not – Dwayne Haskins is not – it's not all his fault. So, it's not all his fault, but barring injury, you know, Sometimes you got to get in there and play, even though you're not ready. You got to be ready, even when you're not ready. All right, let, let's close it out, man. That's all I want to say. I'll see y'all on the next episode. Listen, we can close it out, but let me just say this. Get my last thoughts in before you we close this out, because uh, just a reference, if you throw the ball 68 sometimes, 78 times, 70 times a game like Jared Goff did uh, two weeks ago, you abandon the running game, so you do have no balance, and the, the chances for you to win is it's very slim. And you see, they threw the ball seventy times against the Bucks, and the Bucks put up fifty-five points on them because Jared Goff had I think three or four turnovers that game. That was my whole point. But like you said, let's just wrap this up. We're getting a little bit lengthy today. Enjoy the show, Money. Thanks for joining us. We'd love to have you back anytime. Um, you guys, make sure you check out some good games this week. Let us know how you enjoyed the show. Send me your questions at anchor.fm forward slash feel the heat forward slash message. Again, I'm Day. Web was here. Money was here. It was a great day. We'll see you guys on Tuesday.